You are listening to From the Maker to the Maid podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to season two From the Maker to the Maid. My name is Barry Power. And I'm Damien Walsh. Thanks for tuning in. This season, the podcast aims to help creatives find their way in the modern digital landscape. In some of the upcoming episodes of this season, we talk about topics like artificial intelligence in music, evolving as an artist with technology, and the business of creativity. This episode is about money and trying to understand the psychology behind why people will pay for your service. So again, obviously, it's it's related to creativity, um, but it's trying to kind of get a little bit deeper as to, first of all, you know, what makes people pay for things um, uh, and what uh, encourages people to want to, to buy, um, but also how you can approach it in a better way to... I suppose maybe become more profitable or more successful um, as a creative. So hopefully we've got some good ideas in here that can be that can be helpful. So I've got like a couple of different, uh, say, kind of elements that we can we can talk about. Um, well, like the first one that I was thinking was like the the main subject. You know, why why uh, why does anybody pay you for for what what you offer? Right, so. From a creative standpoint, I think there are three, and you can probably add to these, Barry. So um, the first one would be to uh, improve their end product. So I'm kind of thinking of that from a, like, as, as a musician, a filmmaker would pay me to improve their end product, okay? Um, Another thing that, you know, again, if you're talking about music, um, a uh, somebody might pay an artist to play on their track to make it, you know, to improve it, to make it better. Um, and then there's other things like, uh, you know, getting a, getting a team of artists. Like when we were speaking to, to Jamie, um, there's, there's a whole team there uh, and they're all getting paid. Uh, with the end goal to kind of complete a project, right? So there's lots of different, uh, lots of different elements to that. So improving on an existing thing, and uh, then the next one, what you know, why do people pay artists? Is just purely for entertainment, you know, a good night out, um, or to you know to listen to whatever they create, the music that they create, um. Or to enjoy the art that they've done, um, whether it's installations, whether it's um, paintings, whatever. Um, and then, well, and then I suppose actually this kind of that kind of leads into the other element where uh, to to get something tangible, and that's probably more so like I I pay you, you give me a CD or you give me a, a record or you give me a painting or whatever you give me a thing. Um, so. I just thought that was a good one, a good way to kind of open up the discussion as to, you know, what different ways people uh, pay you for yeah. uh, for a creative service. So let's let's talk about that first one then. The uh, improving improving somebody's existing kind of project or um, 
work as it, from the nature of that there's like there's so much collaboration kind of that's one of the first things that comes to mind there is um the the you're gonna get paid to be collaborative which kind of it, it brings with it the this idea of the kind of lone artist uh or lone tortured artist is kind of something you really need to dispel as a as a myth and um working with people um to get projects done is you know it's it's so important yeah yeah so i suppose the, the so co- collaboration can be uh can be a tricky one really because when you say will you collaborate with me um it's actually saying you know as a collaboration it means that the two of us are looking for recognition for this piece of work right yeah um in in, in most instances right will, will you collaborate with me okay we're both we're both in on this thing whereas uh the i suppose the point that i was making was more work for hire right so i am a guitarist and you aren't but you need guitar on your track you know something like yeah. that where and you 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 pay me to be a really good slide guitarist for example so i'll just come in i'll do the thing you pay me i leave uh but you you know you can probably name me on the track if you want but um at the end of the day this is your track and i it's you know i'm uh it doesn't matter really whether you um yeah yeah, you know because it's work for hire yeah but i think like within that you still have to know how to kind of conduct yourself with people from from kind of your end so uh, what i mean is that like um do you know the learning how to be collaborative with people in that kind of instance is kind of letting go of your own attachment to uh to what it is that you're providing you know what i mean that kind of personal attachment is like you know i'm the best slide guitar player in in town so you know what i'm gonna lay down is gonna be what you want because you know it's like the worst attitude you could have the other element is that okay as as the payer or the payee um uh it's important to understand uh the the different roles um but as say someone who wants to get paid that is a an artist that wants to do that kind of work for hire um another element that i was thinking you know we could talk about but we'll probably talk about it a little bit later but the element of why did someone hire you or what like why would someone hire you uh, and 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 how can you get hired more because there are a lot of you know the, the first question is, is around the psychology of it all you know what makes somebody hire you um and like in the past i've i've had um say we had uh, on the sil album we had like a string quartet uh they were hired because people because other lads in the band knew them right and they said these guys they're really good you know they're on rt all the time and i think one of them played in the orchestra and um, and you know that kind of stigma attached to that 
was like, right, well, okay, well, sure, if they if they're on the telly all the time and if they're playing the orchestra, um, well, therefore, anything that that I write them, you know, in terms of strings, they'll actually be able to play in their sleep and they'll just get it done in, you know, a couple of takes. And did they get it done in a couple of takes? So that's they did. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't want to play some. They didn't want to play some of the weird notes I I written, but um. But, but see, yeah, that's that's um, the, that kind of point is that like learning to uh, learning to do that, I think, is a skill, you know, to learning to provide a service like that is a skill that can be a hard one to. Uh, to do, yeah, it's know? huge, like, I mean, uh, you know, um, that's why you the, there's only probably a handful of uh, professional say we'll just use guitarists as a as an easy one um you know floating around the states there, there's obviously loads of professional guitarists that might you know play gigs or whatever but i'd say there's a handful um that get picked up for for really high-end gigs because they know everything they know how to do all of the different styles um they you know they have the gear they've got the best guitars they've got the best um amps they understand how to use all of their gear and they can get you that sound straight away and that's why yeah. they're hard but they can they can work with you really really easily so you yeah. know regardless of what it is that you're asking of them they'll do their best to to provide that for you and i think that you know not every um not every musician especially is is capable of doing that um do you ever have a, any experience with that where you you hired somebody that was like uh difficult without naming names of course <laughs> no actually no i mean like any musicians that i've ever hired um first firstly they've been hired because i either knew something about them um or actually I've hired a couple of people on Fiverr and just, you know, when you when you see their they've got a videos and they've got like tracks and you can hear the quality there, like um and then obviously there's a load of testimonials. Um but yeah, you know, generally no, um, because I guess a professional musician um in most cases will will know what they need to do and um they've done it so so much i mean if if you are string players who are playing in orchestras uh you know you're not really going to ever challenge them that much yeah because you know it's only really i mean you, you can probably give them something with a really high tempo and you know 16 notes or something but like it's not realistically why would you you know you're probably not going to write a piece like that um so most of the things uh would be maybe harmony, you know, nice harmonies and 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 those type of elements, uh, or maybe different bow positions, you know, interesting things that might you you know you probably can't get out of a, a plugin. Something that uh, that uh, I could think of when we were starting uh, with the wedding band, when we were starting out, it was just after the recession um, in twenty. 20- uh 2009 i think something like that and we did all the typical things that you would do at the time to set up um 
and become established. And one of the pieces of advice we got from um, a guy working in a wedding, I can't remember who it was now, but he said, if you can stick it out for five years, you can pretty much set your price then after that. So yeah. what he meant by that was, uh, I can't give you any one piece of advice that's going to that's going to be any better than lasting for this long and charging from the bottom until you can get the experience uh, enough to charge the price that you ultimately want to charge. And the reason the reason people charge what they do is because that experience is there. Um, and it's 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 different from skill because you could have like a very young musician who's blisteringly good technically but not a good fit professionally yeah um and i think that's an important thing to to differentiate i think that uh like we've worked with some people in the past like uh amazing amazing technical abilities but like that kind of common knowledge that you get when you're on stage and somebody calls a tune and you have to uh a change in arrangement on the fly just by looking around the stage and going okay this is this and this is this you know you don't get that um any other way than by than by doing it so like uh, another another question that I had was um kind of leading into that and we, we've kind of touched on it already was like um so why why are people paying you in the first place and I mean that from a, a you know a, a a deeper kind of understanding of why people pay anybody for anything right so why are people paying uh, you for this service and i think when people can i think when you can fully understand uh, a lot of the reasons behind these things and then also try and understand the uh, the psychology and the doubt that they might have especially if you if they don't know you right or um if someone's recommended you but they've never spoken to you before and you know all all of these different doubts that people can get in their heads um before they make a decision that they want to pay you as a creative to create something for them or to obviously what you're talking about as well like you know um make their wedding day or whatever you know yeah that, that but i suppose i, I is, suppose yeah. i was thinking more from the perspective of uh, the creative person providing the service um but what you mean is what what's going on with the person who's um who wants the service done <laughs> you know in the mind yeah. of the uh so yeah so what what would you say yeah so a couple of things that i was thinking right so so first of all you know why will they pay you right so we've kind of touched on it so maybe there's a pre-existing relationship uh, you might know them, someone you know knows them, and they said, yeah, you know, uh, Barry and his band are great. And that gives, that puts that person's mind at ease, right? It's like, okay, cool. Someone recommended them. Uh, and particularly if someone's a musician as well, they're like, ah, oh, Grant, don't even have to think about that. Let's just hire these lads if they're available. Great. Um, <clears throat> the other thing is that if you don't know them, but there's a there's a reputation there, 
and yeah. uh, like like you said you know stick around for five years and then you have a reputation and someone might have heard of you even though they you know they don't particularly know you or never heard of you before and even that sometimes is just enough oh yeah i heard of them yeah or like you know someone's someone someone uh had them for their yeah yeah, yeah like that type of thing um but then another element is that uh another reason why someone might pay you is because uh you have a unique skill set right so moving away from a performance type thing that you're talking about um you have a unique ability so uh someone's a country music artist and they need someone who's really good on uh like dobro or like you know some kind of slide guitar and there's only two people in ireland uh that they believe are really good at that because um it's a unique thing and to really get good at it you just have to do it all the time so that's another element but then the final one which i thought was the most important is the the value proposition that you're kind of putting forward so whether that's on your website whether you're reaching out to people um so like are you contacting people to say here's a here's a good example so you're contacting uh what i did was i contacted loads of uh filmmakers and um kind of production companies uh, advertising companies and then i have to say you know what my capabilities are and show that capability as well so yeah the reason why someone might hire me there is because um that first of all one of them uh they they just gave me a shot because i was starting off and they said right okay well let's see how you do here uh, so that was lucky and um, they saw that i had been able to to put a reel did, together did and they, they have happy. a budget to do that or were they kind of coming at it from you know an intern kind of proposition no no i got paid no i got paid like the exact budget that you know what they had like it wasn't um it wasn't cheap and i think i i always took the approach that uh even when you're when you're starting off okay so i did start off doing a few independent films where i just you know did them for free like um but you kind of have to do that um but after that uh commercially i was always pretty savvy and pretty like i knew what my time was worth and put that forward and i think that that kind of shows an element of confidence as well like people are like jesus this guy knows Mm. how to charge do you think creatives in general don't have a good idea of how to value themselves yeah i think it's it's it it can be difficult Uh, and i think people um you love your art you love what you're doing so much that you're willing to spend way more time on it um and then not really quantifying or adding up how much time you are spending and then how much that is worth so like if you're working in a nine-to-five job how much you know you, you everybody knows how much you're getting paid maybe an hour or like i don't know monthly or their salary or whatever they know but then when you come to uh, a creative thing it's quite difficult first of all to understand how long it's going to take to do something um uh, in the first place and then obviously you need to 
uh, put a value on the time that it's going to take for you to do that. Yeah. And that was a struggle at at the beginning. And it's a struggle that I think, you know, even when I was lecturing, it was like, how much do I charge? You know, <laughs> you know, it's always the question, like, how, how much do you charge someone for for this? For um, and, and it can be a random thing, but I think some something that creatives will often fail to incorporate into how they value themselves is it's not just the time that it takes to do the job. It's also the previous however many hours it took you to acquire the skill to be able to do the job in the first place. So you could be getting paid um, X amount, but you're actually getting paid for, you know, four years of of college, uh, say you're in music school or, you, you know, or for countless hours in a room practicing scales or practicing your craft or not getting paid um, that all goes into what you're worth as you know a, a creator providing something and I think uh, yeah, a lot of people don't incorporate that they say oh well it, that'll take me two hours and you know I just want to get it out there so here's X amount yeah and that's yeah that's that's i'd say that's fairly common um that people would would kind of think from that perspective but uh, the way the way that you really need to think is like how much uh you know how much how much how much do i want to get paid an hour and how much is a reasonable amount to ask someone for for that hour of my time uh, and then obviously how many hours is this project going to take and you know what about things like you know uh re-edits or you know all that kind of thing needs to be um i mean i I would put all that stuff in a contract now but but when you start off people are like ah yeah i'll just you know keep going over the thing loads of times until it's right because i just want to get it right for you and that's the artistic way like the artist they want to they want to please the person that they're kind of working with uh But like someone could come back to you 20 times and then you could end up be working for two quid an hour. If, you know, if if there's so many reworks and things and if the person on the other end doesn't actually even know what they wanted in the first place, well, then you're going to be in trouble. So as you get, you know, more experience to learn, uh, you kind of know a lot more about what you need to ask for up front um, financially and you know, do you know uh, what, you know, exactly what you're looking for here? Um, and if you don't, can you go away and think about it before we start working together? Because, you know, or we can work together on it. That's fine. But if you're, you know, uh, if if you're totally undecided and there's, you've, you've got five different ideas that are all totally different, then I'd rather not spend time working on on one direction and then just keep getting yeah, moved yeah, yeah. different ones. Yeah. And that's like, I mean, that's also kind of a, a skill that comes with experience is to be able to have that conversation with someone. Like, because if it's, if it's one of your first gigs, you know, and you're trying to nail it down quite often, you will just say, yeah, okay, no problem. Um, yeah. And that might not necessarily be a bad move initially. It, say if you're trying to build um, 
if you're trying to build a portfolio or uh, build up a showreel of, of stuff, maybe some of those gigs are important to take on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. They, they, they all are because uh, then you're going to understand how long it takes you to do something um, and how long or, or how well you can do it under, you know, some kind of time constraint. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, that's another element that I was, you know, putting under value proposition is like, um, ca- can you do it to the same standard quicker than somebody else can? Because there's some industries that work on time, right? So like the advertising industry, if you're working in the advertising industry and you can't turn something around in, in a day. Um, yeah. Or it's the well same for... Uh, you probably won't get the job again. For TV, um you know, if they have like a package of what eight or ten episodes of a TV show that you have to score, yeah, it's going to be the very last thing that's going to be done before it goes. So they're all going to be twiddling their thumbs waiting for you to get back with. Uh, um, yeah, it's an interesting one because you, you, I suppose, you have to put yourself in the mind of somebody who's going to employ you. What what you would ask for if you were going to hire yourself, I guess. Um, and then also yeah. look at what it is that you bring to the table and value it accordingly. Yeah, exactly. Um, and um, I'd say I, I would argue that like a lot of creative people have never had uh, that kind of that kind of thought pattern go through their head. Um yeah, because it's it's not um, it's not really a natural one. It's like I'm I'm a creator. I create these things, and hopefully someone consumes them. Um, and but 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 even you know the the difference between uh, you being say you're a painter and you go off and you paint whatever the hell you want, and then you go into the city center. And you just sell what you've painted because you wanted to paint those things and people want to buy them. Um, versus uh, someone comes to you and they say, oh, I want you to do like a family portrait. Uh, how much are you going to charge? So then that, that you know, that that uh, that could turn into a chore because, first of all, someone's, you know, you're now constrained. You have to do the picture of the people. Yeah. Um, and then you've also given a price. So therefore, uh, you want to, uh, you want to get it done uh, within whatever allocated time that you thought it was going to take because otherwise it's not really worth your while. Yeah, it's, it's a funny one because it kind of, it dances along the line of kind of artistic integrity, not integrity, but like, doing things for artistic reasons as opposed to commercial reasons. And when you do things for commercial reasons, uh, does that compromise what you do artistically? And, you know, that in some respects that will be true. Um, But I suppose if you can find a way of being commercially viable without compromising your artistic integrity then i suppose that's the real uh that's the real goal i guess yeah but uh, i mean i think 
uh, that's you know. I know it's a slightly ninety-eight percent impossible. A, <laughs> but impossible. Like, if you think about, yeah, well, it's ninety-eight percent impossible, right? So if you think about, um, if you think think about some of the really you know the great artists that have come along, and um, they might have come through with something, um, you know, fairly groundbreaking. Uh, initially right and then they you know they get some kind of financial backing and it's always been the case that as soon as you know more business focused people get involved uh, they're like do that thing again and then once you're doing that thing again then again you know you're not you're not you're not really following your path so um even for the most successful people they might not be able to follow that whereas i suppose it it just you know obviously it opens up another can of worms what's what is success right you know what yeah. am i successful and you know are you successful if you are working doing something that is um is something you love and someone's paying you uh or does or do you need to be rich and do you need to have notoriety it it's totally dependent on on each individual person yes that is um, that's true but knowing what that is for you personally can can help you a huge amount. Yeah. You know, what does success look for, like for you? What is it that you would consider this is it? This is the pinnacle of where I want to aspire to be. Yeah. Um, but I suppose that's kind of drifting. That's kind of drifting away from this concept. Particular of, conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, um, you know what is the psychology behind uh money what you need to do and how you can get people to to pay you for for what you do and you know maybe pay you for doing your unique stuff how you know what is it that how do you position yourself uh that will um put you in that line that someone's actually going to consider you uh as a creative yeah so so what what um, have we got so far we've got like uh kind of putting yourself out there in terms of um your value proposition so your uh your showreel or your demo or whatever it is your website um a place where co- somebody can come and get to know you as as an artist or as a creative for what it is that you do and presenting yeah. that really well um I'm, I'm presenting that really well yeah um, and then kind of and and then also presenting something uh, of significant value that your peers might not do so what is it that um you know what what is it that you think is of huge value and that could be i'm punctual you know or i'm when someone sends me an email i'm going to email them back in 10 minutes you know, th- these yeah. are all very simple, stupid things, really. But um, those little things where you're engaged, where it so, you know, I found that some people might not reply for two days, three days. And um, and that's how you, you know, that's how I think a lot of people lose business that they're not in it. You know, they're not they're not committed Um. But yeah, so so you know what what are you know what things are significant that that you know that is a value that you have 
that other people don't have and then how do you develop that uh to make it even better so like i mean the most important part um in in the creative area is maybe it's like networking or, or talking to people and, and, and making people comfortable with who you are like yeah and learning how to uh how to kind of uh bring your art across and and you know work with people for what it is that they want to help their vision um <clears throat> that comes into networking i think as well from on the kind of more creative side of it. yeah how, how can you uh when when someone's describing what their vision is how can you first of all show that you're understanding and engaging with what they're saying um but also then on the other end produce something that is in line with what they were just talking about um, yeah but that's a harder yeah. one that's a harder one to show i mean that's that's more like that that's what happens at the end product and um, it's not something that you can show somebody unless you asked to pitch something you know so like a, i suppose like an acting audition you go to an acting audition and immediately uh, they're like okay you've got a brooklyn accent um you are a like a gangster or whatever or plumber or whatever uh here's the script now sell me that person sell so me this pen you know f- <laughs> yeah like, yeah but yeah. no but like you know sell sell me this this character the, the, you know i'm gonna tell you the character you know they had a really bad day and this happened and then this happened and this happened uh, and now here's the script now tell me you know show me that you understand all of that now yeah it's so difficult you know as as an actor i imagine that's that's like that's a real skill that i think uh there's only well obviously there's a lot of of good actors there but it's i imagine it's it's quite a difficult one yeah and it's probably a very underrated um thing to know like how do you get that across to somebody who's potentially interested in working with you um you know, because I I I suppose social media is a, a a good starting point. Is like how uh, because you can you can kind of you can put across a lot of what it is that you're about there. Um, yeah. If you do it, if you do it well, I guess. But that could come across as fake in some ways as well, right? Because you're put, you know, we were actually chatting earlier about like Instagram where, um, you know, it does kind of encourage you to put across your best, you know, you're not going to put a crap picture on Instagram. Like, why would you do that? Like, and if you do, people, people be like, what's this? Like, this is like a, a rubbish picture of, of nothing. Like, why, why are they wasting my time? Or why, why are they wasting my scroll yeah, time with this I, crap? Like, but, but also, um, I was looking at somebody talking about um, pictures and context. And he was talking about Instagram in particular. And he showed, he showed like random pictures. And he said, right, if this came up on your Instagram, uh, would you scroll past it or would you uh, click into it and investigate it a little bit more? And the picture was of yeah. two hands kind of uh, as somebody just leaning their hands uh, uh, out of the window of a train. And um, 
And uh, it turned out that the picture was taken by Roger Deakins, who's a famous cinematographer. He did like Blade Runner and he did 1917 and uh, one of the Bond movies and uh, all the Coen Brothers movies. And this picture was the cover of a book of photography that he just released. And the point was that like when you know the context of a single picture, it informs more of a story around all the rest of it. So uh, I know this is kind of getting off the point here a little bit, but a crappy picture on Instagram uh, might be part of a larger story. And that can be important too. But knowing what the larger story is, is what's going to put you across to somebody who might be hiring you. Um, and and knowing how yeah. that comes across to somebody else. That's uh, and I, I like. I mean, well, I, I think that's kind of struggle it, with 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 doing that. Yeah, but I think that I mean that's that that kind of does go back and it feeds back into uh, how can you position yourself as as unique and you know maybe better value or just I suppose horrible, right? So and that is your story as well. So what is what's what's this what's this person's backstory like um you know if someone if if you knew uh, if say say you were in the market for uh you wanted to uh, you're recording a, a song and you want a really really good um uh backing vocalist right so you you're having a look around and you come across this backing vocalist who has sang on like loads of tracks that you actually love yeah there's your story and then you tell that story to someone else but that gave that person that uniqueness that they've been in a recording studio with like whatever as backing singers um, and uh, it gives them more weight than someone who hasn't you know like yeah. even but that, just, comes, you know, that comes back to the, the experience thing you know it's like sometimes just doing the thing long enough will give you kind of credibility. Yeah, it does. Because if you're working, if people think this person's been working in this industry for ages, so there's absolutely no way that I can, I'm going to hire them and they're going to be rubbish. They couldn't be. Yeah. Sure, they've worked at all these people. They can't be rubbish. So one of the other elements that I wanted to bring up, it was, again, it, it is coming back to uh more the psychology of making it easier uh, for people to kind of part with their money right okay um so there's a couple of there's a couple of different scenarios right so there, there's this kind of concept that there uh, the the pain of paying have you ever heard okay yeah so the manner in which uh, somebody pays for something so that could be a service it could be dinner could be whatever uh can really affect how they decide to spend their money right so um a good example is say uh say say you're you're going to iceland okay you're going on a on a tour of iceland um a nice cruise ships everything all that kind of stuff right um you're given two options 
you pay three months in advance or uh, you pay when you get off the cruise ship uh, in Reykjavik. Right. So right. the three months in advance. So you want to pay nicer. three months in advance. Okay. Yeah. So first of all, you pay three months in advance. So you're out of pocket for three months. Like you could have kept that money and done something with it, invested yeah, it, done But whatever. like when you get off the boat in a different place and you suddenly have to get rid of a load of cash, is this kind of but, what you yeah, get? But that's the, so that's the psychology. So so you're you're on the boat and all that you're really thinking is, I have to get off this boat and give someone two grand. Yeah. All right, so it might ruin your boat trip. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, sometimes uh, that can be a difficult part of a conversation when you're creative and you're trying to charge people, right? So, you know, give me all the money now. <laughs> yeah. You know, I w- they want to hire me, right? Okay, give me the money now. Um, <clears throat> whereas thinking about something, uh, something like that could actually also be your value proposition as well. You know, the, the timing of the payment or the way that you break it down or, you know, all of that comes into effect, especially comes into effect when you're working with people who have um, kind of tight budgets, small budgets or, yeah. And, and maybe, you know, they have things ticking along and they might be getting funding here and there and they're waiting for this funding to come in and, you know, all of those elements. And sometimes people don't consider that uh, as much as they should. Um, but I think it's 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 just an interesting psychological uh, perspective. Uh, it's not just it's not just for creatives. It's for everything, really. So the, do you think is it better to um, charge somebody after you've provided your wonderful service and they have got value from it? Then you go, OK, now here's my bill. I've done what you wanted me to do. Or do you think it's better to say, OK, I can come on that day, but it costs this much up front? So uh, it, it's totally it totally depends on the type, you know, whatever service you're doing. Right. So um, for for example, for, uh, say, a film score, uh, first of all, it's it's a long process. It could take. You know, it could take a few months or whatever. Um, the, your own psychology comes into effect as well, right? So if, if somebody, if you get paid straight away uh, and then you have to work for three months, but the money's gone. Yeah. That's that's really not motivational at all, right? <laughs> um, so you need yeah. to think about that as well. Uh, you really, really need to think about that. Um, so, so in, you know, in, in those cases, it's kind of you'll have different. Uh, well, it's it's like the restaurant thing. Like, I mean, if you went into a restaurant and they said, OK, well, well, you have and you order. OK, so we pay the bill here before we give you the food. You probably yeah. leave. <laughs> yeah. Just out of principle, you probably go, oh, well, thanks. You know. Yeah. But it's just There's it's just a different, you know, it's a it's a different it's a different spin on things and it's something that might um you know some artists might come across this and you know and go oh okay i've been trying to charge people like 
in advance or maybe even before I even start doing the thing. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, I'll do it. Um, can't do it for a month, but uh, you need to, here's my here's my payment details if you just send me that now. I mean, some artists might get have the right to do that because they're they're big or whatever. Um, but it's just it's just a, I think it's just an interesting concept to 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 think about and, and it's something it's, that it is funny yeah. though because like you know you put it in a different situation say you wanted to buy you know something off Amazon yeah so I'll send you the money once it arrives at the house <laughs> you know but that's like, the difference between something tangible and and a service right yeah that's so that's you have to pay for the tangible idea. yeah. So get yourself something tangible to sell. <laughs> yeah, well, that's yeah, that's the thing about you know. Obviously, I'm I'm only talking about services here. I'm not talking about um, you know. But essentially, as a creative person, yeah, more often than not, you're you're doing services. Yeah. Unless you're, I suppose, unless you're a painter or someone who's doing portraits, then you do have a tangible. But if you have a commission and you're an artist. Do you get paid yeah. up front? You probably do get paid up front. Or maybe paid on delivery. Uh, yeah, do you? I, you, I, you, I, you might. Um, I take the point, though. It's it's a kind of an interesting one. And probably something worth considering if what you do doesn't have a tangible... Um, like if, if you're more working from a service point of view. It's definitely something. Yeah. To or if there's or if you're getting significant pushback all the time. So like a new art, a new composer, just it's just easy to talk about because I know it. Um, <laughs> a new composer comes along. Uh, uh, this short film, um, somebody needs three pieces of music. The composer says, OK, yeah, I can do that here. Take a listen to my portfolio. They're like, oh, great. That's brilliant. Have a listen. Great. Uh, looks like the style of music that you're doing is perfect for what we want. Great. Okay. How much do you cost? I cost this amount. Okay. You're hired. No problem. Uh, I'll give you my bank details and uh, you can send me the money now. <laughs> yeah. That would just, and it then, just the, and then, sounds you know, the, wrong, doesn't it? But this, this happens. Yeah. You know, th- this definitely happens. You know, okay. You've hired me. Great. Okay. I've no money. Uh, I need money. Um, can you please send me money and then I'll kick off the job. You can, um, you might consider something like that if you need an advance. Say if like I I want to do this score using only kind of native instruments, and I need to, you know, say like that guy who did the Mandalorian, and he used all those, yeah, weird instruments. You might get an advance. That's the only kind of time I can imagine it being kind of appropriate to to say that you want to get paid up front. I, I would well, think I get that paid that's up front. You do. I I get paid a certain percent up front. I don't get the entire thing because I, I just I just think it's silly. Uh, it doesn't work for me uh, in my own head to to go give me all the money. And actually, the, so, there has been a couple so of like cases a holding where I've got depositor, fully paid. like a, you know, a down payment. Yes. Yeah, so twenty five percent, fifty percent, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, and that motivates me at the start to get stuck in. Uh, then there might be, in some cases, there might be a uh, a point where you get to halfway and then there's another payment. Uh, and then you get your final payment when the final tracks are, are sent across. 
Yeah. Like that's that's a reasonable one. Uh you know, I worked with some uh kind of TV companies and um they just said just do the job and we'll pay you. And but they were that was like a very short period of time, like do the job, it's this week, I'll pay you next week. Not like it's gonna take a year to get this thing done. Yeah. Um they were finished. They just wanted the music. So just do it and we'll pay you. Um although one uh when I was doing a couple of um kind of full episodes, documentary episodes, uh they did give uh, an advance. But that was their own policy. Um, right. Just and and it makes sense because it motivates people. So obviously, think about it from from the two perspectives here. So if you're somebody hiring, um, you need to understand what's going to motivate that person to get stuck in, uh, and get to certain points within uh, what they're doing to get it done, get it over the line, like. <laughs> So for season two of From the Maker to the Maid, we're trying to make it a much more interactive experience, which means we would love to hear from you. Things you can get in touch about, topics that we can discuss on the show. Also, to get involved in our creative challenge, once a month we set ourselves a creative challenge and discuss it in upcoming episodes at the end of the month. Or even if you feel like you'd like to come on as a guest, get in touch. You can tweet us at FromTheMakerPod. We're also on YouTube, Facebook and Instagram. And if you're feeling generous and you'd like to help support the making of the show, there's a newly made Patreon page. That's patreon.com forward slash from the maker pod. Or you can go old school and just send us an email from the maker to the maid at gmail.com.